What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SB Nation at the Super Bowl. We are very pleased to be joined in Miami on Radio Row by the one, the only, the internationally famous <laughs> Cynthia Freeland. Cynthia, I'm curious, how often do you get like your family members texting you like, Things from Etsy, like little cute shirts that say like math is fun. Do you get those all the time? They, you know what? My family is up their game and just, they just full buy it for me. So I have like a full drawer full of like mathlete, math lover, math, math, math. And you're like, got it. Thanks, mom. Wasn't your dad like a math person? Yes. My dad's an engineer too. So there we go. What time? He was an automotive engineer and he used to work on race cars. So engines designed for, I'm going to like butcher this and he's going to listen to it and be mad at me. Like the computer that runs a race car engine, that was my dad. So was he in Ford versus Ferrari? We went to see that movie, but he was GM. Okay. So I was like, Dad, was Leah Iacocca that good looking? And he's like, nope, not even close. So that's regular. I, I went to go see uh, The Social Network when it came out with a computer programmer. That's and, more like me. And then when we walked out, he was just like grumbling about all the inaccuracies he could see in the code on the screen. Oh, for sure. So oh, was, was sure. your dad like that? Was he grumbling afterwards? Like, that's not how it really was. I mean... The fact that he even told us he wanted to do something, because, you know, there's a lot of, over, like, me, my mom, my sister, we're all, like, loud, horrible women in the best lovely way. But, you know, the fact he actually was like, we, I want to do this thing, we're all like, oh, okay. So we just kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> so you said uh, the social network programmer was a lot like you. Uh, everybody knows you're an analytics queen, analytics god, all of it. Um, <laughs> how many devices to use i'm always curious do you have like six ipads or like or like mbm whatever i don't know yeah so the interesting part is most of the time i carry my laptop with me like i only have my laptop in out here in miami because i can like vpn into my home computer so my like everything at home i've got a bunch of screens i kind of look like i used to be a banker so i'm like used to that multiple screen like lifestyle right so at home i use multiple screens but on the road i only take my laptop because if i were to try to travel with you know this the stuff that sits in my closet is just way way too much computer it'd be like an extra whole bag do you run it all off your own servers or do you have like a cloud server somewhere i do have a cloud okay don't don't say it because be careful actually you know they sponsor my stuff and i'm like can i can you come on aws like my stuff runs through aws and i'm like can you just get can i have it for free not yet i want you on the (laughs) the commercial where it's like aws does this and that and this i want it to be like but the problem is is then like on game day morning like the microsoft surface tablet so like it kind of conflicting so what's the most uh predictable analytics thing you get all the time what's the most like the highest win probability and stuff like that that what you get all the time yeah, I think people want to know win probability probably the, the, the most. I get a lot of people who come up to me and ask me who they should play in fantasy right. for certain things, which is like... I, t- I text you my start sits every yeah, week. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, like, I think I get a lot of questions like that. But I think also, like, they the people who understand it when they see, like, a high number. So this past season, anything that was, like, over 60% of the simulations turned up as a Monte Carlo simulation. So when it was more than 60%, 
it's like this sounds like my um, anchorman stat, but like you know that was up in like seventy six percent correct. So people would be like, which which one are your sixty percent? I get that a lot. Like what's over sixty this week's in? You know, and you're like, right. okay, that's this. All right, I have like three questions. I'm gonna hit yeah. you with like real quick. Let's go. The first one because I just want the shortest answer possible. Yep. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Cool. Second question. I'm sure you factor in when you're doing like predictive analytics for like all the games all year long, home field advantage. Does it factor into the Super Bowl at all? No. So there's zero advantage either way. No. Travel like distance? In there, if they were to get here the day before, sure, maybe. Um, but they don't. This this is a this is like a bye week and then you have a vaca- like the harder part really Super Bowl experience does factor into my model because if you've been there before and you understand all of the requirements and how tired you're going to be, like these media availability, these questions, like constant, like overstimulation. So this stuff. year it doesn't factor in the experience, really. Yeah, I mean, there's there's only two players, like so. If you look to see which team, only I think it's like what Emmanuel Sanders and Richard, Sherman. and Richard Sherman are the only two on the Niners with experience, where you've got a whole bunch on the Chiefs. So, okay, so back to home field advantage. Yep. I'm sure it differs from team to team, right? Sure does. Worst home field advantage in the league has to be the Chargers? Currently, sure. So ultimately, look, home field advantage is is a tricky thing because if you move, like when is it your home? You know what I'm saying? Like, so like, can you really consider Mm. like, and it's even Dignity Health. Now, what was the first one? Like stuff up, like, you know, like all the different names, right? So is that their home? Like, I don't even know. Like, so I think the fact that they don't have a home is a disadvantage more than being at home is an right. advantage, right? Like right. that's a very awkward way of saying that, but you know what I mean? Like the, the lack of kind of home base is a disadvantage, not an advantage. So for the Chargers then specifically, does being on the road um, help, I guess, because that, that factor didn't change when they moved, you know what I mean? Like that's that's an equivalent sort of situation. Yeah. I When it, when it came to Chargers, I can't remember like the exact number in there, but it, they had the, of, in the Rams too, really, the a low factor for kind of difference between Mm -hmm. it it was travels like obviously if you're going on the east coast there are some differences there but you know it's it's or if you're going to london if you're going to mexico city there's some differences there but it's it's not the home was not a a a positive net for them even the it took the cowboys a while in their new stadium for that to have and it it, it for it was negative for a while right still that way right so you know it's like that's not it, it takes a while like i just don't know when something becomes your home that's that's my question it's like when when is it home See, I covered the Cowboys for SB Nation, and I know that you've uh, worked before on developing offensive line metrics. Yes. Can you explain that? Because I have a lot of questions. Totally. So ultimately, I was told once when I was like very early in like this journey to become like, you know, work, work in analytics, um, that there was nothing. Russ Grimm, who is a prolific, Hall of Famer. yeah, prolific, also the, should be Hall of Fame coach too, right? right? Like could be both, right? He had the coolest thing. I was at his Hall of Fame induction and yeah. he talked about he was going to get all the hogs stitched inside of his jacket. Exactly. Really exactly. So uh, for those who don't know, he was a Redskin. Mm-hmm. And then he was, when I met him, he was the O-line coach for the Tennessee Titans. And he was like, nothing that, and he was fun. Nothing that you can say will ever be useful to me. Yeah. And whatever. It's like, sure. So I took that as a personal affront and I tried to quantify waste bender because that's like, you know, all offensive line coaches are like waste benders. I don't want any waste benders, right? Like negative, unfavorable leverage, like getting pushed back so that your quarterback feels more pressure. I just started with passing downs because that was easier for me to, you know, mm-hmm. it, you had to start somewhere. So what I eventually found was if I measured, so I took computer vision and I basically, it looks like the yellow line, like when you watch on TV or the first down line, I can measure like where a hip, a knee, a butt, <laughs> 
big fat man's butts, they don't move very far, so it was easy for me to measure. Right. I can measure that in passing situations. Then you contextualize them by down, distance, score, game situation, so awesome. what kind of quarterback, all these different things. So I took, you know, I think it was like something like 135,000 passing snaps and tried to create what is an average amount of pushback because sometimes pushback is strategic. Sometimes it's not, Mm -hmm. but I figured out when it was too close to the quarterback. So I did some work with, you know, like your peripheral vision, you can see 135 degrees. Most human beings can. So if you look where their head is looking when they're moving, when the quarterback is surveying and most quarterbacks are a little over six feet tall. So I've tried to measure, you know, a three foot halo. I went, I expanded it to five, started with three because I thought your arm is three, but five is better proxy. That took a lot of time to get to just that, just so we're clear. Um, And so I measured how many times people got pushed back and then I, what correlated that back to find if it was causal. So causal means it's actually related, right? Not just correlated, which we mean could investigate more to what happens in their first 10 split of their 40. Mm. So if you keep your bum down, if you're a big old man and you're a tackle or a guard, you keep your bum down for the first 10 split, you are far less likely to be a waste spender in the league. Most people don't keep their butt down. Taylor Lewan, he kept his butt down a lot. That's one that comes to mind. Cause I, that was the draft where I really measured it. And he, I was like, he's going to be good. Wow. And he went like really high. Everyone thought he was going to be. I was like, no, he's actually going to be good. Yeah, like I can prove right. it. Right, <laughs> right. Like who's the uh, who's the good offensive line that like no one knows about yet? I think the Niners get a little overlooked. The interior of their line is is a little dicey, but Joe Staley being back is a huge deal. Like the difference with pressure that left left tackle position, the the replacement that huge deal. Like third, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's under pressure, like a third less of snaps on passing downs with Joe Staley than without. So his injury replacement is better. Both of these O-lines are actually pretty, like, very interesting. Very interesting to me. They've had some really good performances. Both are very strong. Both have some weaknesses, though. But I think as far as, you know, they're probably like five and eight overall in the league. And I remember like a couple years ago, the Chiefs offensive line took a lot of flack. Like they had issues like two or three years ago. So they really turned it around. Patrick Mahomes on the run, you know, being able to like, (laughs) like shift where the pocket is or not have a pocket or whatever. Like he's pretty special at doing that. Right. So, and also if you're able to run efficiently on first and second down, like the Niners have, well, you, your pocket's a little bit more protected because all of your passing options are then available on third and short, right. Or, and a running option. So you keep defenses a little bit more honest. So the shape of the defense is really, helpful you know if you're if you're not constantly facing third in a million right mm-hmm. like our third and long or you know if you're not constantly in these like really unfavorable situations then the shape of the defense will help dictate how the o-line can help they all work together philip rivers will know that he does know that what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You, you uh, uncover and unturn a lot of stones uh, as evidenced by the three foot, five foot halo. Yeah. What is the most um, ambiguous quality? And, and because, there ha- like, I have to imagine, like, measuring the offensive line thing, like, Pat Mahomes has to make that difficult because it's it's not this sort of stationary thing that it always is. No, but the but the luck the lucky thing for me is that the so like to do good data science 
in my opinion, you know, what I've been taught is you take a historical sample and then you measure it against like the current sample mm-hmm. and you find doppelgangers. So things that resemble other things, right? So the doppelganger set, the historical set gives me a good basis because there weren't a lot of like super mobile quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes. So right. it actually shows how like good he is above that as opposed to like influ- influencing like when, so like there were a lot of pocket passers in my sample, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that actually helps me. So that, that I got lucky on that one. Let, sure. let me be clear. Some things I don't get lucky on. Like it's way more ambiguous to me, safety play, the impact of safeties and, mm-hmm. you know, not having to drop, like when you have seven in coverage or when you have those five in coverage, like all these different sort of like defensive schemes, like that's a lot harder to quantify in terms of like, all right, because I've been spending a lot of time working on safety, a lot, of, like way too much time. I got to figure out safety is better. That's like my sort of like a two-year project. What have you learned so far? That they don't get a lot of shine, but they're super important, and you only really know when they aren't there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Tyron Matthew is a hu- when Tyron Matthew is able to be when you see him, it really like when he's doing what he's doing well, which is like not biting on play action and staying back in coverage. You know who gets the sack? Chris Jones. So it's it's really not easy to quantify like hey, he's smart enough not to right. not not to get out of position. Yeah. So that's hard. and you got to I mean, look, the the Chargers safeties are awesome, right? Like they're different kind of types types of safeties, but mm-hmm. like, you know, like when Adrian Phillips and Derwin James were together, that's a way better situation. So it's funny you're talking about like trying to understand safeties better because I remember your obsession with Jamal Adams. Oh, I'm still obsessed with him. Future cowboy Jamal. So and, and probably and we we don't need to go into I Jamal did Adams preseason. So we don't. But my question to you is: Have you started looking at the draft this upcoming year? Who's your favorite player that you're just like I really want him to end up on the Detroit Lions? Oof. Well, I don't know if I would like wish that fate on anyone as a lifelong <laughs> Lions fan. I like it's very difficult to like. I mean, look, I love, I, I will always love them, but as a, I'm a long suffering Lions fan. Um, look, the Lions are lucky because the things that this draft are really good for, namely wide receiver. Like you could throw a dart and hit a great wide receiver in this draft class in the first two rounds, right? You're so. But Lions are kind of lucky. Like, they don't need it. So what I'd really like from the Lions is some good effing strategy. Give me Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Give me Chase Young. Like, stra- str- like str- you have the third pick. There's a bunch of people who need quarterbacks. Like, strategically figure it out so that you can maybe, like, trade back two, get someone, get, like, or get Chase Young. One or the other. Yeah. So you but know? what I was trying to ask, who is your Jamal Adams this year? Who's the guy that you look at and you're like, he's <sighs> going to be an impact player the moment he steps on the field. Well, it's Chase Young. Like he's okay. he's my best player in the draft. Like I, I, Gene I, is now very excited. You are <laughs> perfect. I mean, I'm from Michigan, saying that too. So you know, like this absolutely. Yes. And I went to Northwestern, which doesn't count because it just doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> Who um on the subject of Jamal Adams, I guess Grant Delpit or Isaiah McKenzie. I know it's really early, but where do you fall right now? Whew. That's a great question. I'm I'm gonna Thank have you. to look at it a little bit. I mean, I, I want to say I've done more work on Isaiah McKenzie, so mm. I, I'm a little biased still with it. I'm not like I kind of start where people don't start because I like so the way that my dra- my draft prep works is like as these people are, you know, they'll make lists and they'll do all these things like I my sweet spot is like I want to help teams. So right now I work with teams so like in this time of year, like once TV switches over to draft, I'll do more TV on draft and talk more about these first round guys. But right now teams have 
like I consult with teams and I help them create a strategy for free agents. So I've been more, a little bit more focused on like acceptable substitutes, free agent versus draft to try to navigate mm. like the wide. So I've been really focused on the wide receiver situation because, you know, if, if a team's really smart, they'll go snag a wide receiver. Like go pay Emmanuel Sanders right now because it's a known quantity. Yeah. Right. But only if you have the other personnel that right. make that work. So, to, so I've been really focused on just because there are so many. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I've, I've spent my time focusing. That's fascinating. I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh at like the, the Lions fan saying like, go get a known quantity wide receiver and then like, don't go get a wide receiver when you don't have the rest because of their history of just, yes. yeah, no, I lived it. Yeah. I, I, I lived it. So, <laughs> okay. So um, one last question. I was telling RJ earlier that uh, I love to ask you questions about like, have you factored in this? Have yep. you factored in this? Yep. So I'm going to pay Gina back because she was just riding high and now she's going to be riding low. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. 28 to 3 factor in at all? Sure, because when you have 28 to 3 and you create some like look, I specifically remember Devontae Freeman not picking up a blitz. That really changed the cadence of the end of that game. And I asked Marshall Falk, who was working at the NFL Network at the time, I go, Did he not pick that up or was that play call? And Marshall looked at me and he laughed. He goes, I would have made that block. Mm. And I was like, I know, I know you would have, yeah. but like, you know what? So the, the play, it's not that, that you got stung so bad. It's the decision-making after that. Like, and you've seen Kyle grow at like just a ton, but it's still in his history. Right. Sure. It's just like, it's in, you know, your history that you, you know, in little league, like, you know what right. I mean? Like right. we all have our, we all have our history. Just most of us, you know, it's not really at the Super Bowl with millions and millions of right. people watching, you know? It's interesting. Kind of like, you know, we've all like burned our hands or whatever. I mean, it's just sort yeah. of muscle memory in that point. Totally. Cynthia, bring the podcast back because this this Let, was fascinating. I know. Let's go. RJ, RJ was a listener. He was Game a listener. Money. Game Theory Money podcast. Every Listen, week. I, first of all, anything you do with Matt Money Smith is like, he, it's gold. You guys are the pipe. great together. And nobody makes me laugh like unexpected. Like money will just like look at me and say something and then I'll like uncontrolled. Like, and it's real too. It's not like a courtesy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the TV like, <laughs> not, nope. It's like I'm on the floor. Like can't breathe. <laughs> Bring it back because the O-line thing, the safety thing, it's incredible. Cynthia Freeland. Thank you. Queen of analytics, queen of everything. Thank you so much for taking <laughs> the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.